Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, October 12th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 155, the second paragraph, when our friend related his experience. We will be reading through the second paragraph. Today's readers are Larry K., Ginger C., Janice M. The reference number for Tuesday, October 11th is 9161. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would like to remind everybody to um, mute their phones. There's a couple of people that are unmuted. I will now ask Lauren N. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Lauren N. from uh, New York. Twelve steps. We admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to each to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for our knowledge of his will, only for knowledge of his will and for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do so. Thank you, Lauren N. I will now ask Naomi B. to read the Twelve Traditions. Thank you, Julie. Good morning. My name is Naomi B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself and our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted service. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those we serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issue, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. Uh, Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Ever remind us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service in my past. Thank you, Naomi B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 155, Reading the second paragraph, starting with when our friend related to his experience, we will be reading through the second paragraph, and our sharing will be on the second paragraph read, which is being intrigued, however. I will now ask Larry Kay to begin reading. Thanks, Julie, for your service. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. When our friend related his experience, the man agreed that no amount of willpower he might, uh, he might muster could stop his drinking for long. A spiritual experience he conceded was absolutely necessary, but the price seemed high upon the basis suggested. He told how he had lived in constant worry about those who might find out about his alcoholism. He had, of course, the familiar alcoholic obsession that few knew of his drinking. Why, he argued, should he lose the remainder of his business only to bring still more suffering to his family by foolishly admitting his plight to people from whom he had made his livelihood? He would do anything, he said, but that. Being intrigued, however, he invited our friend to his home, and some time later, and uh, just as he thought he was getting control of his liquor situation, he went on a roaring bender. For him, this was the spree that 
ended all sprees. He saw that he would have to face his problems squarely that God might give him mastery. Okay, so, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, here we, we see that, uh, that he's invited uh, Bill, uh, you know, to, or have the opportunity to talk to Bill. And he, it says he saw he would have to face his problems squarely that God might give him mastery. So Dr. Bob had been, um, we know historically, he had been attending uh, Oxford group meetings uh, prior to getting together with Bill. And, um, and so that as part of that process, there was a self-assessment uh, confession and, and a form of restitution as part of the, the Oxford group movement. And, and he was feeling so secure that he decided and I'm talking about Dr. Bob to attend a convention of the American Medical Association in Atlantic City. And um, uh, it was said that he hadn't missed a convention in about 20 years, and, and he wasn't about to miss uh, this particular convention. And um, from what I understand, his wife, uh, Ann Smith, was, was against him going, because mainly because he always got drunk when he went to these things, and it was a complete uh, disaster. So he goes anyways, and he... Uh, despite his better intentions, he drinks on the train all the way to Atlantic City, from Akron to Atlantic City. And um, he drank at the hotel once he arrived and, and, and then went on a, you know, 24 hour blackout period. And of course he gets back and Bill and Ann helped uh, to sober Bob up. And he later performed, a, so he was a surgeon, performed surgery on a patient following, uh, following uh, that period. And and, but he went on to make amends um, in June 10th, 1935, has been considered AA's founding date. And uh, here's the thing, you know, to me, Dr. Bob, he never drank again. He died uh, on November 16th, 1950. He sponsored many thousands of uh, AA members, about 5,000 approximately. And he left an incredible legacy of his life uh, devoted to serving others and you know, so when I read this paragraph and we look at the history and try to connect the dots to, to, to us, to here we are in 2016, I can see, you know, what, what you know, was, was talked about that, um, that Dr. Bob talked about, was, which was, you know, we have to trust God, clean house, and help others. You know, very simple formula for living. Yet uh, Dr. Bob had to take the action. You know, we have 12 steps now by which we can form this new, uh, relationship with our higher power and uh, in, in, in so doing, you know,